there, welcome to Queer Cuz, a podcast all about being queer, Filipino, and being family. I'm Sarah, and I'm Ace. I'm Dee, and I am non-binary and bisexual. Um, and I'm Elena, and I am pansexual. Uh, we also don't have one of our hosts with us today, Angelica, um, but today I brought in a guest, my best friend, Melissa. You wanna introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Melissa, um, I'm pansexual. Yeah, um, so this episode is gonna be all about pansexuality because we have two fantastic, lovely pansexuals here. Uh, let me kick it off with the first question. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your coming out story? Sure. Um, my coming out story was not really like like a, a single moment. It was more of like I I started questioning. Um, oh gosh, I guess the fall of 2019. I started questioning fall of 2020. Fall of 2020. Um, I started questioning, and I just kind of told um, my friends that I was exploring my sexuality and I was questioning it, and I also told my mom. Um, I am thankfully part of a family where, um, like my mom is really, really open about that stuff. Um, she herself is not in the LGBTQ community, um, but she's always supported me. Um, so I was just kind of mentioning that, yeah, that I was questioning and I have a lot of uh, friends in the LGBTQ community. So it was really helpful to talk to them through, through my exploration. Yeah. So I realized I was about ace about a year ago, and I'd like to think that the pandemic had a lot to do with me finding out and thinking about being ace. I was just wondering if that's something I do you kind of, was, did the pandemic help you out or was it kind of, it just happened to be around the same time? I think that the pandemic definitely did help me out. Um, my life before the pandemic was so chaotic, so busy. Like I was running back and forth all the time. I didn't really have time to have like self-exploration thoughts. Um, embarrassingly enough, uh, TikTok also had played a huge part in, um, cause like, I don't know, like when I thought that I was straight, I did never, I mean, I did have thoughts when I was a freshman in high school. Um, because funnily enough, I had a crush on <laughs> when we first met. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. She's just, she's really, really pretty. And she's really awesome. And I think she's like way cooler than me. Um, and then I was like, maybe, maybe I might be bisexual or something. And I was having this conversation with my mom and um, little 14 year old me, you know, and she was like, I don't think I've ever seen you as being gay, Melissa. And that's what she told me, you know, and not in like a harmful way, but it did kind of like my exploration right there I was just kind of like all right you're probably right you know you're my mom I'm 14 what do I know about myself um but yeah TikTok like my for you page started to be like hey you might be into women and then I was like am I maybe am I <laughs> um and so that kind of jump started the question um for me so that's so funny. I, I always, I, I feel like I'm always thinking about how the like pandemic has like changed people's identities so much because it's like, you're not like performing your identity for anyone yeah. when you're like not in public. Anyways, this is like a whole other conversation that I'm sure we'll have at some point, <laughs> yeah. but like, I, I'm like always thinking about that. Yeah. The TikTok made me realize my identity, like that is just... So I, I just love how many times I've heard people mention that. And the algorithm's scary, isn't it? Um, I definitely come across a lot of ace content on TikTok. Um, but 
I don't know if it's because of just, I don't know, in terms of how the algorithm works. Um, I was just actually wondering, could you define what pansexuality is and how that might differ to other identities, um, such as bisexuality? Sure. Um, so, like, I think what the definition of pansexuality is from what I've learned is attraction to any and all genders without preference towards any of them. Um, for me personally, it is the same thing. It's like, I don't, I don't like to see it as not like some people say that pansexuality is not seeing gender. Um, mm. I don't like that because I think it invalidates some people's gender identity, you know, because mm -hmm. I think that pansexuality should encompass all genders, but it also should encompass people who um, feel like they exist outside of gender. I hear a lot of non-binary people ex express non-binariness as existence outside of gender. Um, so yeah, mm. that's, yeah, I think it's like that. And then yeah. Yeah. I've, it's just like attraction to all any sexual all. attraction to all gender expressions. Yeah. yeah. I also like to differentiate because um, I think that a lot of straight people, when they hear that, because first they're like, oh, you're attracted to pots and pans. Like, a <laughs> number of times that I've heard that. Jesus Christ. Um, but then like, they're that like, is, I feel like that is the reason that I, I like, I would always introduce myself as bisexual because people just wouldn't, people just, they'd be yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Boy, boy, girl, like boy, girl. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but I, I don't like boy, girl. I like boy, girl. And I like not boy, girl. And I like both boy, girl. Yeah. So, hmm. um, but <laughs> I also like to differentiate that just because I can be attracted to any and all does not mean that I constantly always am. Hmm. I'm not. It is also based off of personality. I, I, I can see a woman, a man, someone who is non-binary and be like, I think that they are attractive. I don't want to have sex with them on the spot. It is definitely personality is a huge aspect of pansexuality. So I think that with uh, like pansexuality and bisexuality and those ones where um, like where you're like attracted to multiple gender expressions, um, I think that it is a lot of times over-sexualized. Like, mm. uh, like if you are attracted to um, a wide variety of people, it doesn't mean that you're attracted to every person. And yeah. just like, I think that people a lot of times will automatically assume that pansexual and bisexual people are overtly sexual um, mm. as a like, as like a level. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That's always really bothered me. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that a lot too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, I think that would be uh, one of my questions is like, I think the only pansexual representation that I know off the top of my dome is Captain Jack Harkness. Um, and so like bouncing off that is like, how do you feel about the representation in pansexuals and media in the idea that me just in like a person who doesn't consume much only sees the main representation as someone who is overtly sexual? For me, it was um, the one that I actually really, really enjoyed, which I don't know if we've talked about it before, was um, the one on Schitt's Creek, uh, David. Oh, hey, I've never yeah, seen Schitt's Creek. Yeah. It's so good, dude. You got to watch um, it. Um, but that that like description that uh, he said where he was like, um, I like red wine. I like white wine. Sometimes I even like some rosé. And that was it. That was the whole like that was the whole explanation of like pansexuality um, from him. And it just existed throughout the show. And it wasn't, he wasn't like, um, 
like fucking uh like Oberyn Martell, you know, if you've seen uh mm-hmm. you've seen uh Game of Thrones where he's just like yeah. where pansu- pans pansexuality <laughs> where pansexuality is like this um like just constantly in like a whorehouse just like having right. sex That's with right. everyone, and women, yeah. you know, like just it's not just constant orgies. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. no, this is just what nor like normal people like the way that they are attracted to people. And I'm not saying like, like, like overt sexuality is bad. Like I'm, I'm very supportive right. of that, but that they yeah. don't mean the same thing. Right. Um, yeah. What I've seen was, uh, was David from, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing when I was a teenager, that was a stereotype of what uh, bisexual people were like. They were just seen to be greedy. And it's really interesting to see that this is still, um, a stereotype associated with bisexuality, pansexuality, but also other multi-spec uh, identities as well. I'm just curious, because um, Dee, you mentioned at the start of the episode, you identify as bisexual. I was wondering why you identify as bisexual, uh, let's say, versus uh, pansexual other identities. Oh, sure. Um, so it might just be, gosh, not to sound like an ancient, because I am not that old at all. But I think it's more of just like this, more like the, it was the thing that was more well-known and popular when I was trying to figure out my personal identity, um, you know, back 15 years ago. Um, and it kind of grew with me in trying to figure out um, bi and now like, now bi doesn't mean like man or woman, bi, especially since I'm non-binary, that like gets very vaguely confusing because it would be like why is a non-binary person bi that seems counterintuitive um but for me non-binary uh bisexual means your gender and not your gender um and so for me it's just an easy easier way to just be like both everything I am and everything I'm not and it's just something I feel more comfortable with as a you know, as, as, as to say a label, um, rather than, um, pen just as a term has never connected with me, um, just personally. I think that kind of goes into like, um, the idea of identity as like whatever you feel comfortable with and mm-hmm. not like a specific definition of the word, you know, right. cause I like my definition for pansexuality is different from yours. Yeah. You know, my definition is like, you can have different spectrums of like attraction towards, you know, different genders mm-hmm. and that's different for you. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, people have different definitions for things. And then you get into this whole argument about like labels and um, you know, how it might like be hurtful to a movement, but I don't know. It's also just like label yourself with what you feel comfortable with. That is like the, like that's the name of the game when it comes to like queer labels. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, like, I was reading um, the am I a lesbian master doc highly recommend to anybody who is questioning. <laughs> um, and it, it was discussing about because um, if you're a straight woman and you're questioning your sexuality and you're wondering if you might be into girls or if you might be lesbian going from identifying as straight to identifying as lesbian can be um, I think very daunting for a lot of women. And so um, the part of the master doc that I really, really liked the most was discussing how sexuality and your identity is fluid. 
and how you can identify as one thing in one part of your life and discover something later in your life and then realize that you are actually something else and then you can shift to it and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I remember like reading how somebody can identify as a lesbian and then they can decide that they are bisexual or pansexual or whatever and that it is really okay. And that was really validating for me because when I was questioning, oh my gosh, when I was... <laughs> When I was questioning, I was like, am I ace? Am I bisexual? Am I pansexual? Am I just lesbian? Um, because um, like I was not only questioning my sexuality, but I was also trying to relate it to my past sexual experiences, which were very mm-hmm. limited, also very traumatic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it's only been with men so far in my life. And so it was trying to sort that out. And it was trying to sort out how much of my sexuality is genuinely my sexuality and how much of my sexuality is actually just my sexual trauma hmm. reflecting in me and reflecting in how I am attracted to people. Yeah. So, and I, I think yeah. you know, you hit on something like really like hard there. Like, yeah. um, but I think what's, what's important to, um, to note is just that, you know, you can identify as one thing in one part of your life and then later on change that identity and that doesn't make the past identity any less valid yeah right absolutely because it's about just to kind of pick up on what you're saying labels are things that serve you for me personally labels have meant I could find community that's kind of like what support I could find at a time I also like to think of labels as like the best conclusion for what you are it's like the best summary it may not completely accurately describe everything um so, yeah, I, I just actually wanted to ask, because uh, Melissa, you mentioned, uh, so before this point, only having those previous experiences with Ben, did you have anybody who said, like, are you sure you won't know until you date people who aren't men? Did you have anybody say comments like that? Not like that. Um, I, I do have like a really good friend. I'm not going to mention her name right now because I don't know how comfortable she would be, um, but who identifies as queer but is only attracted to women and she I I feel like I talked to her the most about my you know sexual exploration and stuff like that and she said she said to me that she thought that I might be lesbian and I didn't I did not find that in any way invalidating of my exploration um because she phrased it in a way that was like I see you going through what I went through when I was exploring, mm-hmm. when I was questioning. I think that she was also just trying to encourage like deeper exploration for me in terms of my sexuality. Cause I think that when, um, you know, I thought that I was Demi for a minute and then I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Demi feels comfortable. Um, and then I was like, mm, but it doesn't really encompass uh, everything that I'm feeling. So then I explored more into that um so yeah I think I identified as Demi for like two weeks <laughs> hey. um, I also think um like looking back on when you came out to me I was like in the car I think with my mom <laughs> and you were just talking over the phone um and, um I remember like like feeling a lot of those like things of like wait, I, this doesn't make sense to me that she's a lesbian because I, because we'd been best friends for like years. Yeah. And like, you know, we have like, like 
boy crazy you know we'd have like all of like those experiences in high school and we'd be like like uh, like we would talk about like boys for like like ever and I was like I'm so confused right now and I I probably was not the most supportive I did my best but I was so like uh like baffled and then I I had to do like my own kind of like self like Mm -hmm. evaluation like wait I'm not Melissa I have no right to tell her who she is you know and so I I um I'm, I think I have we've talked about this already oh yeah, yeah. like but yeah we <laughs> talked about like when I was like yeah I might be into girls and then like your reaction and then my response to your reaction like we've totally gone yeah this. I just we're, want to no, make sure all, this is the all first good. time no okay yeah <laughs> but like um I don't know that was kind of like a thing for me where I was like oh wait not everybody's going to have the same experience as me um you know yeah going through yeah. like do you, like learning about their own sexuality and so I, I yeah yeah I think that um for me because TikTok was the source of my ex a, a huge source for my exploration um I actually completely forgot about this part <laughs> of my exploration is that I for a while the only thing that I was comfortable with admitting to myself was that I liked dressing bisexual or dressing gay you know, mm-hmm. which is such, um, yeah. yeah, I know. Right. Cause I remember having that conversation with you. I'd be like, yeah, like, I feel like I'm, I really enjoy dressing bisexual. And when we had that we conversation, had that, we had that argument <laughs> Yeah, and it was like, it, and it was like, you can't dress bisexual and it's, and it was like, uh, and that's obviously still, you know, a thing. And especially because like dressing bisexual and dressing gay is trending now in our community in like, you know, and, um, and I lost what I was going to say. So <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah. I was just like, what a mood about dressing, dressing queer like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm on non-binary TikTok and it's wild. And so I'm just kind of like, what does pansexual dash whatever your <laughs> exploratory journey TikTok yeah. look like? Because I feel like it looks very different than mine. <laughs> Two of them really stick out to me. Um, I was in my in my dorm sitting in my desk chair and I was sitting in my desk chair hold up like this wait hold on let's like <laughs> like this and okay remember, for the for the people with audio she's just like I have one leg up and I'm like <laughs> sitting, I'm not sitting properly in a chair um but and I remember I was on TikTok and I saw this um I saw this TikTok that was like um um guessing if you're gay or straight based off of the way that you sit in a chair and I was sitting in the chair like this, and this is what pansexual was. And it was basically like that stereotype that if you're gay, you can't sit properly in a chair. <laughs> um, so that was one of them. And I was just kind of like, oh, ha ha. <laughs> oh my God. But then another one was, um, I would see a lot of stuff about how like, oh, I knew I was into women because I had a thing for Shio and Kim Possible. And like, I never saw myself in any of those, like trying to relate to me when I was like a child and, you know, like try to find some of that. And I saw, I saw one and it was um, me as a child watching the Womanizer music video by Britney Spears on repeat. (laughs) And I just remembered, I was like, I was like, 
six or eight years old and I watched Womanizer, I watched Toxic, I just watched those videos on repeat and it was really validating for my inner child, I guess, to, to see myself like that because I was like, oh, okay, it, I, it is me, like it is me, I do, I did that and like that makes sense for me, so yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great, I love that. Just to do like a side note, but apparently the whole sitting in the chair thing is a thing. Like as in there is, it's to do with kind of breaking social norms because like sitting properly in a chair, like a lady, that kind of stuff. It's like a, the subtle ways of expressing your mm-hmm. identity without like outright saying, hey, I'm gay. And that, that like goes into like the clothes thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, where does that bound, like that boundary end? Like, where is it like, because um, it does feel very like, like pansexual and like like queer to sit just incorrectly in chairs and to like dress in specific ways. Mm, um, absolutely. And so does it like belong to, to them or is it just an expression of identity um, yeah. as a whole, you know? And anybody can express identity like in any way, like a straight person right. can sit like a monkey in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> And is that, that's okay? Is that okay? Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, just an interesting boundary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know that like the, the dinosaur hand, the dinosaur arms, you know, like the, the, um, that actually has merit. Um, it, cause it's, it's a, uh, it's like a stance of like co- not coming down is not the right word, but it, it's a comforting stance. And that mm-hmm. goes with, how a lot of people in the LGBTQ community are also neurodivergent. Mm. And like, this is a very comforting pose for that. And so I thought that that was interesting too. I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. That is so interesting. Cause like in the ACE community, there are a lot of neurodivergent people. And I, I knew that there was, uh, yeah, that generally in the queer community, there are quite a lot of neurodivergent people. Like I would catch myself at work, you know, in the middle of a rush or like, and I would have a moment of like breathing time and I would just be like, standing there like with my arm like this and I would just be like oh (laughs) so I know in my own personal experiences one of the most important things to me was the people around me um helping me along the way um kind of what was your experiences um in like I know you've talked about um a little about um how when you first came out in your journey you talked to your friends and your mom um but I guess more of my question is what was like the overall experience like? Cause I only know what it was like 15 years ago. I don't know what it currently um, is like for someone fresh. You, you know what I mean? I came out this past February is when I, or like March, one of those, I like was when I was like, yes, I am pansexual. Yeah. And obviously that's really, really recent and correct me if I'm wrong, but for you, it was, it was, it was like elementary school for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Um, yeah. And I think uh, it's just kind of manifested in our lives, like different ways. Like for me, when I think of my identity as like a pansexual person, like, I don't think of myself as just as like part of a community, which is like a, a, like a weird thing for somebody like queer to like, I don't know, feel, but, um, uh, I think for me, it was just like a lingering part of my, um, identity that was just like in the background. And if anybody asked, I'd be like, yes, I like, like I like anything and anyone (laughs) Um, and so I don't know we we also express 
our like sexuality in very different ways. Yeah. And so that's like another difference. And I don't know, I don't know, there's a lot of factors, you know, yeah. just our personalities and um yeah. And like when we came out and like how it how like like where the sexuality like sits in us, like where it feels comfortable. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that like what was also really different for me is that I was surrounded by LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. Like a Mm -hmm. lot of my friends, like I, I talked to some of my coworkers about it. Like I, I have a a coworker who's non-binary and I talked to them about it. And then a coworker who is gay and I talked to him about it and another coworker who is gay and I talked to her about it. And so, um, yeah. And then obviously a lot of my friends are in the LGBTQ community. So I would talk to them about it and yeah. Yeah. And I like, I don't think I ever really talked to anyone about it. It just existed, you know? Yeah. Like I think yeah. that I was just, when I found the word like online or something, I was like, yeah, cool. That's it. <laughs> I'm yeah. that's done. Fine. I'm done. I don't yeah. need to think about this anymore. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it was a lot of back and forth. It was yeah. a lot of, am I this, am I that, you know? And it took me a really long time to be like, okay, I don't know what I am, but I know that I definitely am attracted to women for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, and I, for me, I was like, I was bisexual for the longest time mm-hmm. until like going into high school. Um, like, I don't remember when exactly, but I like started like, you know, dating this like non-binary person. And they were like, um, Hey, the, you're not bisexual. You're pansexual. I'm, I'm literally non-binary. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay, cool. I'm that now. But I didn't come out like I didn't come out to anyone. I was just like, yeah. like the people who already knew me as <laughs> this is so funny. People already knew me as bisexual. I didn't change it. Like I, mm-hmm. I just kept living on. And any new person who asked me, I would say pansexual. So for the longest time, she had no idea I was pansexual until she came out to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I came out to Elena. I was like, yeah, I'm pansexual. And she was like, oh, cool, me too. And I was like, no, you're not. You're bi. <laughs> I was like, no, you're bisexual. You told me so. No, that wasn't. It was, it was our, our like other friend because you, you came out to me and I was like, okay, cool. That, that's great. Yeah. I'm, that's really exciting. I'm out of you. And that was just like that. And then you came out to our friend yeah. uh, and she was like, oh, that's what Elena is. Oh, you're so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and you're like, no. And this is, and we're like, best friends like yeah. like she's yeah. like my friend yeah. and she just didn't know so and then, like that something that I knew about you yeah. on such a deep basis was completely wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like um what's so funny to me too is like other random people knew before you did <laughs> I'll I'll try to pretend that I'm not over it <laughs> no and it's it's so funny because it wasn't me like hiding it from yeah. you or anything I just like didn't like it was important like you knew you knew that I just like liked people and that was fine (laughs) you didn't question it yeah oh my god so I don't know just the difference of expressing it I guess yeah I mean because like obviously coming out as pansexual is very like a new thing to me so I am like exploring a lot about the community and like I'm you know engaging in conversations with my gay friends and my non-binary friends about sexuality and gender and how they overlap and you know and so this is all like I'm talking to to you guys about it as if I'm an expert, but I, you know, but I'm still learning and growing. And the thing is, like for me too, is I um 
I like never talked about it before. And so now I'm like, finally, like, you know, doing this podcast with you guys and like talking to like my queer friends, like at school and like talking to you. And we talk about like gender and sexuality all the time now, which is new for me. So I feel like I'm in some weird round roundabout way, even though we came out at such like different times in our lives, yeah. like we're exploring it at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, together. that was what the intention of my coming out and exploration was. It was everything questions about everything it was questions about gender it was questions about sexuality mm-hmm. you know it was, it was all of that yeah um, yeah <laughs> so Melissa what you were saying about you know not being an expert I can really relate to that as somebody who's fairly new to the ACE community um I feel like I'm still learning more about it but I think what's really important is that you know you're an expert here today you're an expert in your own experiences um but Something I just kind of wanted to pick up from is uh, what you were saying about, like, Elena, the fact that, you know, Melissa didn't know you were pansexual until, like, she came out to you is just so interesting. But also, it's kind of this thing about, like, how labels matter, but they also don't matter at the same time. Yes. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, like, the reason why pansexuality is the reason why that is my identifier is literally just because it is what I'm most comfortable with in my existence at the moment. Um, Yeah. Like I, I know that I like women. I know that I like men. I know that I like non-binary people. I know that I will, that I like any and all flavors. Um, So yeah. Yeah. And and it's just, it, and um, it's interesting because I I just had um, a friend of mine, you know, who, who has identified as lesbian and is now questioning it, is questioning her sexual identity again. And I did, you know, express that to her and, and that it's it's not valid or invalid one way or the another, one way or another, if that's what you identified with before versus what you identify now versus what you identify with in the future. It is just about what feels, I like to describe it as what makes my soul feel settled in my body, mm. you know? Yeah, so. I love that. No, I, I, I think like for me, why I choose to use the word uh, pansexual um, is honestly just like a communications thing. It's not, it's not um, something that feels like deep, you know, and you know, that, that's just kind of my experience with it. it it's, it describes who I am, um, but it's one of those things where I, I I just have this weird thing with labels. I think I don't I don't like them, <laughs> um, sure. but it does describe me. Um, I don't like. I, I've always felt so weird about um, you know, like this thing becoming who I am, um, like like I am not. I don't, I don't want to be described to someone as like a pansexual person. I'm a person who is pansexual. Or like, right. Is it absolutely, I'm but you don't want to be limited by your label. Yes. Yeah. I've always felt really limited by like labels, but I mainly use pansexual as just like a communication thing because it is based on definition, what I am. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, I don't know, people have different relationships yeah. with labels and that's okay. You know, I think that it's just important to remember that I am pansexual, but that is not all I am. Yeah. Live your truth. I really love that because I feel the kind of the same way as someone who's ace and someone who might talk about being asexual a lot online that I worry about it then just becoming that 
being all I am. But I think it forgets me as a person, but also all the identities I have as well, such as being Filipino, for example. And I, I, I always struggled with like um, putting a label on myself. And I, we never really talked about sexuality. Yeah. Um, whenever, like, like in high school or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was, it was just like, I didn't want people to see me as pansexual. I just wanted people to accept me as it and then move forward. And that could open a really interesting conversation about intersectionality. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this was our, our little episode about pansexuality. Um, and thank you for Melissa for being on and like talking to us about your experience. You're welcome. It was an honor. Yeah. And, and I hope it was interesting and fun to listen to. Um, and yeah, so that this is our this is our episode. This has been Queer Cuz. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for joining I, us. <laughs> the most awkward things to ever exist. <laughs>